Hello, and welcome to Talkin' Tales, where we share stories about our animal companions, their unique personalities, their zany antics, and the heartbreak of saying goodbye. I'm your host, Paul Barnett. In this episode, I'm going to talk about a most special puppy, and my best friend. In episode 11, as part of the story of Haiku and Xerxes, I talked about how I met baby Xerxes the day that Haiku died. However, Xerxes wasn't the only future family member I met that day. While Haiku laid in my lap and slipped away, there was a puppy in the corner of the room in his crate. Little did I know that about a year later, this puppy would join my family. His name was Murphy. At the time, Murphy was about 15 years old. You'd never guess that by looking at him, or rather, by watching him. While he was sitting quietly on that dark day that I said goodbye to Haiku, I would soon learn that he had the curiosity of a cat and the energy of a young puppy. In early 2018, my canine family consisted of two boys, Muppet and Harry, and one girl, Tessa. At the start of the year, I learned that Murphy needed a home. I soon brought him home with me. He hadn't yet met any of my dogs, so I brought Harry out into the yard to meet him. Harry is the most territorial of the three of my little guardians, and thinks he's about ten times his actual size of about seventeen pounds. There wasn't much of an issue. Harry barked a little bit at this twenty-three-pound intruder named Murphy, but quickly approved him. Murphy came inside after meeting Muppet and Tessa. Murphy quickly learned the layout of the house, and the most important thing of all, where the food bowl is. Murphy was very food-motivated. He never turned down a treat, and if a piece of cat food or ferret food hit the floor, I would immediately hear Murphy hop up and trot over to it, often with Harry alongside him. I tried to take my dogs for a walk every day, weather permitting. I had a dual leash in one hand for Muppet and Tessa, and a single leash in the other for Harry. I wasn't quite sure how I was going to add a fourth leash. At first, I tried using a second dual leash, but everyone just got tangled far too easily, and it was impossible to untangle them. I also tried adding a leash onto Muppet's collar, so Muppet was essentially walking Murphy, but that didn't quite work either. You see, Harry is an explorer. He's always running ahead to the next thing. Muppet and Tessa are what I call scientists. They want to stop and thoroughly investigate everything in a spot before moving on. Murphy was both an explorer and a scientist, so those times he wanted to run ahead, he would pull Muppet with him. I finally landed on using the dual leash in one hand for Muppet and Tessa, and two single leashes in my other hand for Harry and Murphy. It took a few walks for me to adjust to this, but I quickly got the hang of it. Murphy was generally well-behaved on walks, and I could almost not have him on a leash at all, but I didn't want to risk losing control of him should something happen, like encountering another dog. Murphy learned the schedule around the house quite quickly. He knew when to expect food, when to go outside, and when we'd be going for a walk. He was technically a dog, but I quickly saw him as more of a person. Better than a person, actually. 
he didn't have a mean bone in his body. He taught me many things, but one of them was how to know when he wanted to cuddle. On a weekend afternoon, as I did chores around the house, eventually Murphy would start following me. I soon learned that this meant he wanted to cuddle. When I finally sat down, Murphy would hop up next to me and lay down, sometimes in my lap and sometimes next to me. If he laid down next to me, he'd often fall asleep and roll into me. The other puppies weren't jealous. In fact, I often also had Muppet in my lap and Harry and or Tessa on the other side of me. Muppet, who was about eight pounds, quickly learned that his big brother Murphy was an expert cuddler, and so Muppet would curl up with him. Tessa, who generally doesn't like to be touched on her back, particularly while sleeping, didn't mind at all when Murphy would put his paw on her back. Murphy had found his pack with Muppet, Harry, and Tessa. Together, they all made sure I was safe. If anyone detected unusual activity around the house, like the delivery of a package, they alerted the others, and they all gathered to alert me. Murphy had his silly side, too. When he laid down on his stomach, he put his back legs out behind him. I was told that this stemmed from when he was a puppy. He was dragged around by a larger dog, essentially mopping the floor, and had his back legs out behind him. I heard a few stories of his life before I met him, like the time he was so excited while playing fetch that he ran into a parking sign and knocked himself out. I would experience a few such silly things with Murphy. He was older by the time I met him, but no less active and no less silly. One day in 2019, when my ferret Ace was temporarily in isolation while recovering from his jaw surgery, I put a bowl of soup into Ace's cage. Unfortunately, I put the bowl a little too close to the bars of the cage, and Murphy decided he wanted a taste. I was upstairs cleaning at the time, and I heard a bit of a ruckus downstairs, so I went to the top of the stairs to see if I could see what was going on. It was then that I saw Murphy backing up at the bottom of the stairs, dragging the ferret cage with him. Murphy had put his snout between the cage bars and got his lower jaw stuck, so he was now dragging the entire cage around with him. I rushed downstairs to help and calmed Murphy down, then gently bent the bars of the cage just enough that when I tilted Murphy's head to one side, I was able to free his jaw. Thankfully, Murphy wasn't injured, and Ace was sound asleep, so he didn't notice. Of the three of us, I was probably the most shaken up by the experience, though once I knew no one was injured, I could laugh about it. In February of 2019, we got a few inches of snow. When I let the dogs out into the yard, Murphy showed me just how much he loved the snow. He ran around with the energy of Muppet, Harry, and Tessa combined, like a kid in a candy store not sure which treat to try first. In fact, even when there wasn't snow, when I let the dogs out into the yard in the morning to do their business, Murphy would do laps around my property. While I was getting their breakfast ready, I would look out one of the back windows and see Murphy racing by. Then a minute later, he'd come around the corner and race by again. And again. 
and again, and again. Over time, he wore a path in the grass, and that was just fine by me. It was such a pleasure to see this senior puppy so full of life. I also made sure to capture this activity on video one day. Later that same year, on a nice sunny day in the spring, I took the dogs out into the yard to play fetch. Harry was never one to play fetch. He runs away from the ball. But Muppet, Tessa, and Murphy did enjoy it, with Tessa being the most enthusiastic of the bunch, until Murphy came along. That day, Muppet decided to stretch out in the sun and relax. I would toss the ball, and Murphy and Tessa would both run after it at high speed. Many times, Murphy would grab the ball and run back to me with it and drop it at my feet. Sometimes, Tessa would catch it too. Once or twice, they didn't even need me to throw the ball and just played amongst themselves. In early 2021, I watched as Murphy approached me with something on his head. It took me a moment to realize what it was. I had a hard plastic ball that had holes in the side where you could attach tubes for the ferrets to crawl through. Somehow, Murphy had put his entire head into one of the holes and got it stuck. So he was now wearing the ball like a helmet that covered his entire face. He was trotting along calmly, as if nothing was wrong. I couldn't easily remove the ball from his head, so I had to very carefully use heavy-duty scissors, the kind you might use to cut through strong plastic packaging, to very carefully cut the ball without cutting Murphy. It took me a few minutes, but I was able to cut enough of an opening that I could then pry the ball apart and get Murphy's head out. That was another case where I could then laugh about it because no one was injured. A little later the same year, Murphy was sleeping on a large floor pillow that I had pushed up against my beanbag chair. He was sleeping so soundly and slowly slid down between the two items, getting wedged between them. He eventually awoke and was able to free himself. Murphy got along famously with not just my other dogs, but with the cats and ferrets as well. I had been told that he didn't like cats, but this turned out to absolutely not be the case. Murphy and Tigger were great friends. After Tigger passed, Murphy welcomed my youngest kitten, Xavier, into the family, and Xavier took to Murphy, following him up the stairs to bed and brushing against him. Murphy was gentle with the ferrets. I called him my hall monitor during ferret playtime. He'd sometimes sit on a blanket as the ferrets played around him. At other times, he'd roam around making sure everyone was having fun and being well-behaved. I took numerous pictures where ferrets walked up to Murphy, and he seemed to entertain them. I imagined him telling them stories, usually at their request, and them playfully poking fun at his age. He was especially close to a few ferrets. Ace, who joined my family after Murphy, seemed to have earned Murphy's respect when he walked right up to him, stood in his face, and introduced himself. Murphy had special relationships with some of the Sable girls. For example, he often bumped noses with senior lady Ellie. 
And, while Murphy wasn't a fan of ferrets getting too close to his paws, he didn't mind one bit when soupy-loving Twixel rubbed her chin on Murphy's paw. But, of course, the fact that she had had soup on her chin, and it rubbed off on his paw, might have had something to do with that. Someone once pointed out that in one picture, Murphy's ear looked like one of my ferrets. Sure enough, when I looked closely, the way Murphy's ear was folded, and the pattern of the fur on it, made it look exactly like my ferret Smidget. Murphy and Smidget were indeed friends, and I captured several moments where the two of them were bumping noses. Of course, Murphy had to bend down because he was much taller than Smidget, and easily more than ten times her weight. Regardless, he was gentle with her, and with all of the ferrets. He was always careful as he walked around during ferret playtime, so as not to step on any of his little brothers or sisters. In late 2020, Murphy was diagnosed with kidney disease. We caught it fairly early, and started him on supplements and a special diet. This worked quite well for a while. On his next checkup, his kidney values were in normal range for a healthy dog without kidney disease. He, of course, had his good appetite and lots of energy. In mid-2021, now at more than 19 years old, Murphy developed some issues with his vision and was started on special eye drops and an ointment. For a week or so, he had less energy than normal, but soon returned to his usual self. Later that year, though, the two conditions would return and conspire to make him uncomfortable. We had a plan to address his vision issues with a special treatment, but during the development of that, the doctor discovered that his kidney disease had progressed significantly. Murphy had been active at home with me, but while at the doctor, showed us just how much his condition was affecting him. After much discussion, I arrived at the one conclusion I did not want to arrive at. Murphy's body was failing, and there was nothing we could do to make him comfortable. I agreed to help Murphy out of his failing body. It was all so unexpected and happened so quickly. The vet tech traveled to my house with Murphy so he could pass at home, surrounded by his family. I gave Murphy the biggest hug and told him I loved him as he slipped away. Shortly after he passed, Harry, who was usually very active and always on the go, climbed onto the blanket that Murphy had been on and laid down. It was the first of three losses in just over a week's time, with my oldest ferret Rose passing in her sleep just hours after Murphy, and my cat Jazz's body failing, also due to kidney disease, nine days later. I didn't know Murphy nearly as long as I would have liked. On paper, he was a senior by the time I met him, but he had the energy and curiosity of a puppy until his final day. I could never forget him. His zany antics, his unconditional love, 
is energy, is friendship. If you look at the logo for this podcast, the dog in the middle is Murphy. He was one of a kind and the very embodiment of love. Life hasn't been the same since losing Murphy. Muppet, Harry, and Tessa are all healthy and active and loving. But I miss carrying that fourth leash and waiting for the next silly thing that Murphy would do. I've said several times before that everyone should be so lucky as to have a Murphy in their lives. I know that I was. If you'd like to share a story about a special pet, visit us at TalkinTalesPodcast.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TalkinTales. Stories are pre-recorded, so you don't have to worry about being live on the air. And if you'd prefer to write your story, I'm happy to read it for you. Again, please get in touch via TalkinTalesPodcast.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TalkinTales. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-T-A-I-L-S. If you run a rescue or shelter, or know someone who does, please have them get in touch so we can feature them on an upcoming episode. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash talkintales. No matter what podcast app you choose, please take a moment to rate and review the show and share it with a friend. It helps us find new listeners which means we can bring you more stories. 